0: Good morning, and welcome to the breakfast show. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Lyle, and mine. Lyle's looking bewildered. I don't know why. We just explained to you there was no intro jingle. Yeah, well, I heard. I clearly, some... didn't understand a single word. He said. We said. No, I,
1: I heard. I, I heard our producer, uh, Jasmine today. But producer Jasmine. Compute? Um, saying something, but I couldn't hear what she was saying. Like. Well, um, okay. But then she I said something. Said it to you Mon, afterwards, Mon Mon heard what she said, so that's all, all that matters. So I put my <laughs> headset on, and then didn't hear a thing that Mon said. So there you go.
0: Well, there's no intro jingle unless you... you want to do it for us. Can you sing it for us? No, I can't. Yeah, neither can I. I can't sing a thing. I sang I've... all the way to work this morning in the car, but I couldn't sing a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> Save me life.
1: <laughs> what, what What were you singing in the car for, Mon?
0: Oh, I actually. Because I wanted, I wanted my voice to be better. Because I hate, I hate clearing my throat on air. And I am like, how do professionals do it? And so I am like, maybe I need to warm up my voice. And so I've started in the last few weeks. On the way to work, I sing in the car, okay, to sort of warm, warm me. Um, me do you sing in the up. shower? No, definitely not. Why
1: does everybody sing in the shower?
0: The, apparently, the acoustics are good. Okay, I don't know. I don't sing in the shower. I think in the shower. Right. Yeah. See in the car. Thinking the shower. Good
1: thing you have a shower a couple of times a day, Mon. Yeah. Get all that thinking done. <laughs> Mon wouldn't get a chance to think if she didn't have a shower.
0: <laughs> what are you grateful for this morning, Lyle?
1: Ah, let me see. What am I grateful for this morning? Hmm, I got nothing to be grateful for this morning.
0: Oh, and I know why. Where, where, where. I like how you can go away on holiday, but she
2: can't.
1: (laughs) 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 Okay, so if you're wondering why uh, producer Jasmine is here today, that's because producer Shell is away on holiday for four days, and I'm all by myself.
0: (laughs) She's having a ball, I reckon. I'm sure she is. She's on a cruise, her first ever proper cruise cruise on a big old boat. Yes. Who's she cruising with?
1: Oh, I don't know. Uh, Some uh, big cruise. cruise. Big girls' cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls' only thing. I I got... kicked out I wasn't allowed to go so
0: (sighs) (laughs) which entertains me greatly Uh, well Lyle don't despair she'll be back on what Friday I believe so okay nice nice just
1: a little midweek cruise yeah this is a reminder you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM if you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the tune in radio app Take my
3: life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my Take my voice and let me sing.
1: back everybody. That was Jaden Levick with Take My Life here on Faith FM. We are about to have our quiz. Did
0: someone win the quiz yesterday with Ishbo No. Ah.
1: Yes, that was a tough one.
0: It was a tough one, wasn't it? Uh-huh. How about I do a bit, I got of, it. bit of an easier one on the
1: third clue. I think it was.
0: Actually, now stuff doing an easy one. I'm to do another hard one.
1: <laughs> well, you got double prizes, so yeah, let's yeah, make it hard. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. This is a what city am I? This is a biblical city. Uh, Clue number one, this is where the angel of the Lord killed Herod Agrippa. This is where the angel of the Lord killed Herod Agrippa. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Today's prize is a really cool... uh, uh, two pack of prizes. Um, it's tortured for Christ by Richard Wormbrandt, who is actually the founder of the, um, voice of the martyrs foundation, which is a wonderful institution that, um, brings to light people who have, uh, who are, or have been tortured or killed, um, for, for their beliefs. Uh, and it also comes in the, in the package comes a book uh, called Jesus freaks, uh, which is basically like every page is another story about someone who was martyred for their, for the cause of Christ. Um, a really confronting but inspiring reading. Uh, Torture Christ was actually recently made into a, um, a movie and a very confronting film as well. Oh, bite my tongue. There's actually a third book in there. What is that? Oh, there's three books in there. I, don't, I can't see what the third one is. Though. It's like slipped in between the two. It's in between, the, between
1: two. the two, yeah. Because it's all sort of, uh, it's all shrink-wrapped, so um, can't we can't really actually tell. break into it because it's a three-pack.
0: It must be, maybe it's like some sort of an exercise book or something like that, you know, some sort of guide, study guide or something. I don't know, but there is a third, slimmer book in between the two, so yeah. Oh, Lyle has the answer correct. Uh, But yeah, give us a call if you know the answer, 1-800-FAITH-FM, or text 91 64 669 Lyle, I have some (laughs) really cool news for you. Um, this is such a good idea! Like I'm so into this. I'm so into this. I think I might even start this myself, like today. Okay. So, oh, by Watch the way,
1: out. Mon is on a mission.
0: By the way, um, just some separate side good news, some local side good news. <clears throat> we had a uh, interviewed on here a few weeks ago. Oh, actually, while you were away, we interviewed um Kyle Morrison, yes. uh, inventor of the board Christian board game Go Yee. Yes, and uh, and that was um. It got launched on Kickstarter campaign. So he was raising funds. For those of you who don't know how Kickstarter or GoFundMe or any of these crowdfunding platforms work, basically uh, a person or an organization puts forward an idea, but the same way that Kyle put forward the idea of having an Adventist board game. And then people can say, do you know what? I would like to see that happen in real life. Here's some money towards its creation. Um, and then like I might chip in five bucks and you might chip in 50 bucks and producer jazz might chip in 500. and uh, and it's only if the set goal is reached. That the money actually gets taken and then then the project comes to life. If they don't reach the goal in the set amount of time, then everyone's money gets their money back and it never happens. And so it can actually be quite heart wrenching to like watch you know the money climb up uh-huh, as, a, uh-huh. as a clock because only had an yeah. hour
1: left and he was you know, yeah and he was yeah what, eight thousand mon- dollars the money's going or up or as the time's
0: of? going down and it's just like it's just such a, a suspenseful thing. Uh, but praise the Lord, a little bit of good news coming out of that. The the uh, the campaign was successful, so go ye the board game which is just a good fun um it's clean it's it's uh educational it, we played it here in the studio and it was really great they put a lot of thought and effort into it and it's just as professional as any board game you'd play i would i have personally never played monopoly but um it looks way better than monopoly it's like just from a visual perspective uh, he had the prototype here in the studio so yes yeah, so that one was successful so that's how crowdfunding works. That's a little bit of good news. You'll be able to buy that hopefully around about Christmas. You can walk into like your local ABC or your bit of Books and Food and get a copy of Go Yee off the shelf um, if you didn't support. And, um, or a- buy
1: it online, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, that's right. Buy it online. Or if you're like me and you, and you actually supported the campaign, you're going to get your free copy in the mail.
1: There you go.
0: Um, but Lyle. Yes. You've been to Canada, right? Yes. Isn't it just beautiful? Yes. Canada is... Is, to me, like Switzerland and New Zealand, like they are places that just look like postcards. Like you're holding up the postcard and look yes, at the postcard and, the America, and you can't tell the difference. Canada
1: is America's New Zealand.
0: It, I, oh, oh, that's a very good way of putting it. It is. It is. It really is.
1: It's like the little brother country. Yeah. That's really stunningly just beautiful.
0: pristine and just Clean gorgeous. And yeah, like you nice stepped into a picture perfect scene. Canada, it's like what
1: Australia, what New Zealand is to Australia, Canada is to America.
0: That's right. It's very true. Uh, for those of you who haven't been to New Zealand, it, it is a beautiful country, very pristine and clean and gorgeous. Anyway, so Canada, right? I'm just, I'm so into this. I think this might be a solution for the Amazon. Uh, but Canadians have had enough of uh, people ruining their their wilderness and uh, and trying to um, um, you know develop it and mow it down and build stuff. And they're like, do you know what? Forget this. <laughs> Because, you know, we're just, you can't, like, I can't personally afford to go out and buy a park. I can barely afford to buy any sort of piece of land in Australia at the moment. So they've decided they're going to use crowdfunding as a platform um, to collectively raise money to just buy huge patches of land and turn it into a park.
1: Oh, that's cool. So long as they turn it into a park. Yeah. I'm not in favor of what we have here in Australia where we have declared out. wilderness and everybody gets locked out no, unless, no. unless they can walk in. You no, know, no, no. no wheeled transport, anything, this kind of thing. That's ridiculous. So this is... It needs t- to be, yeah, developed into parks.
0: Yeah. This has been just taken off. People are like, why haven't we thought of this before? In like the space of minutes, more than three million was recently raised through individual donations uh, to protect um, two thousand acres, which is eight hundred hectares, of the Princess Louisa Inlet on the British Columbia's Sunshine Coast. Turns out they have a Sunshine Coast there as well, um, and uh, yeah, and they're turning it into a protected park. So they're just gonna like, you know what? None of you people can come here and develop nothing. This is now a park for people to come and enjoy, for people to hike through, for people to walk through, for people to, you know, come and, and enjoy nature and, and in its pristine condition. And it's going to be that way forever. And we've purchased it. So there you go. You can't do nothing about it. And I'm like, dude, that's such a cool idea. Like if I was a bazillionaire, I would just go around purchasing all kinds of land and turning it into nature reserves for people to enjoy. And I was like, why can't we do this? we the Amazon. They keep mowing it down like fools, right? Why can't we crowdfund and buy up the Amazon, then it's privatized, and then they can't go mowing it down. We can fight our fires on it.
1: Because people aren't burning land that they own anyway. What do you mean? They're burning and farming land that they don't own. Well, if you... It's some, like crown land.
0: Well, that, that's why we need to buy it, so someone owns it. So they yeah, well, the government owns it. You need to buy it off the government.
1: And if it's privately owned, then how are you going to police it? How are you going to stop people from... This is Look, the Amazon. If, it's too big. It's...
0: If you've bought a piece of land with crowdfunding, then I'm sure through also crowdfunding, you could probably buy some security guards or something. Yeah. Buy some security guards. Hire some, I mean. (laughs) 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 You can actually change these farmers' careers. So instead of being people who are like burning it down and farming it, you hire them to actually protect it and cultivate it.
1: Okay, well, let me know I what fixed you think. One 324 843 is the number. Do you think that Mon's idea will work? Crowdfund the purchase of the Amazon and pay people to protect it instead of paying people people to destroy
0: it. it. Well, it's working. In, it's working in Canada, and uh, and they're absolutely stoked about it. Um, and they said, you know, we want.
1: Okay, so they raised three million dollars in a short amount of time. But how much land does it actually buy?
0: I just told you it was like 2,000 acres, 800 hectares. But right now, the amount of money that's being poured into the Amazon, people donating, because all over social media, Mm -hmm. it's these campaigns to raise funds to stop the fires and and so forth. Can you imagine if that kind of money was poured into the purchase of the Amazon?
1: Maybe Donald Trump should buy the Amazon.
0: Dude, of course he would. Why? Dude, we should totally pitch that. Because they, he's got they, such an ego, he would do that. He'd be like, "Oh yes, I think I'll own the Amazon." It's <laughs> such a
1: Denmark den- turned him down on Greenland.
0: Oh, did they? Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> I was wondering how that went. <laughs> Who's
1: going to buy Greenland? And was like Denmark said, "No." Well, I mean, do you know what? <laughs> so maybe Donald Trump should buy the Amazon. I think will now there's the solution. But there's will he solution. protect it? Well, look at the look at the, you know. America has the greatest military on the earth, and they love to use it. They've got. It's like a big but do toy. Do we really to
0: them. want the Americans with their guns coming over to the Amazon? And
1: Come on, this is the nah, solution this right sounds here. sounds like
0: globalism, Lyle.
1: Buy the place. This sounds
0: like globalism, Lyle. Just buy the joint. <laughs> Conspiracies abound Own this morning.
1: <laughs> they have North America. Give them South America as well, <laughs> <laughs> now, and then they can call it America.
0: Anyway, the people in Canada have said this. Uh, we know people want to keep British Columbia beautiful And we know our parks, the core of our identity They are our cathedrals, our towers, our pyramids our wonders, The wonders of our world But we couldn't have predicted such a fabulous outpouring In such a short time from so many different people and places We are in a state of awe and gratitude hmm, Isn't that nice? People that's very nice People do need to be in awe and gratitude of the nature that God has given us And we need to be definitely uh, humbled by the fact That we've been given a job to look after it Our stewardship is important
1: Welcome back, guys. That was Lauren Daigle with Trust in You here on... No, it wasn't. (laughs) No, it wasn't. That was the wrong one. I'm reading the wrong one. That was Josh Garrels with Pilot Me. (laughs) Lauren Daigle with Trust in You is coming up in about nine minutes and 46 seconds. There you go. A little bit off my game this morning, busily here taking notes. All good, all good, all good. Gives another clue for our quiz, Mon. Yes. See if someone can snap this one up.
0: What city am I? Peter was sent by God to preach the gospel to the Gentiles in this city.
1: There you go. You know the answer. one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and you get a three-book prize this morning.
0: I don't think we've ever given away three books before at once. No,
1: there's kind of like a... Um,
0: we've done double prizes.
1: It's a package. Yeah. So you've got Richard Wurmbrandt, uh story. Um, you've got for Christ. Torture for Christ. You've got uh, Jesus Freaks, which is um, yeah, individual stories who have been persecuted for their faith.
0: And then mysterious third book slipped in between that we can't see. <laughs>
1: yes, because it's shrink-wrapped. Mystery So there prize. is there is a mystery prize this morning.
0: If someone doesn't get this by the end of the show, I'm gonna I'm just gonna have to bust
1: it open because mystery is <laughs> gonna kill me. Well, you know, Mon, the the, the shrink wrapping is looking a little bit uh, ragged.
0: Yeah, I think I think it might need to come off at some it point.
1: Might need to. You, well, <laughs> maybe we should inspect it a little bit more closely to see whether um, it's actually, you know, bit, up to par. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It yeah. might need replacing.
0: Do, do you have a shrink wrap machine? There's
1: probably one here in the office somewhere. Mm, somewhere. I don't know. Anyway, what's happening around the world? Let me ask you this question, Mon. Um, How old were you when you first went to the beach?
0: Oh, dude. I don't know. I can't even remember. Do
1: you know any Australians who've never been to the beach?
0: Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) I know plenty of Americans who've never been to a proper beach. Okay, so this is
1: a weird thing when you go to America, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and they don't know how to swim. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: like, what's yeah. with that? I,
0: I had never met... Because, little... I mean,
1: American culture and Australian culture is very, very close, absolutely. you know, compared to other cultures.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, compared to other you cultures. You know,
1: compared to other cultures, w- we're very close. You know, we watch a lot of American TV here. We've adopted a lot of American culture. Mm-hmm. And it's probably the closest culture in the world, probably closer than Britain. Eh, maybe New Zealand's closer.
0: Yeah. Well, I... But those would be
1: the four closest cultures, yeah, right? absolutely. Except that... In America, there are so many people who don't know there, how to swim. Yeah, it's
0: so weird,
1: and so many that have never been to the beach.
0: Some of them go to the lake and they call it the beach, and they think they've been to the beach. They go to the lake, and I'm like, dude, that ain't no beach. No, but I'd never even met a human being who didn't know how to swim until I went to America. Me it either. was mind-boggling for me. And
1: I grew up in Tasmania where the water's cold, but everybody still swims. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Everyone has to go learn how to swim, right? Yeah, it was mind-boggling. And then, like, you meet one and suddenly you meet, like, ten all at once. And you're like, hang on, do none of you know how to swim? <laughs> it's weird. It's like,
1: we'll just get in the water... Move your arms and legs Next, and you will out. be swimming. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and so they get in the water, they move their arms and legs and sink like a stone. It's like, how is that even possible? It's the human bizarre. body can't sink. It's very bizarre. That's a weird thing. But uh, anyway, moving from the United States, because the reason I bring that up is that when I met my wife, mm. and she was like, what, nineteen twenty when we first met, she had never seen the ocean. Really? She had never seen the ocean.
0: What a hillbilly. <laughs> what a!
1: Well, she grew picnic. up in the middle of the continent mm. in Wisconsin, mm, and it's kind of like, why would you go to the ocean? See, if you grew up in the middle of the continent here, you've got a lot of really good reasons to go to the ocean. Yeah, there's nothing in the middle of Australia. Yeah, so right. if you want to see anything, you go to the beach. You go yeah. to the coast.
0: Yeah, our beach culture here is so strong; it's strong enough to to to, to magnetize people. That's to where
1: beach. everybody goes yeah. for their holidays. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. go to the beach. Anyway, uh, moving from the United States to Israel. Uh, There's a determined group of Israeli volunteers who have been forging bonds of friendship and peace with their Palestinian neighbours. This is not the kind of story that we hear every day. Every day we hear stories about these two groups of people fighting with each other. Mm. Um, They've been doing it with a little bit of help from the ocean. Really? Yes. What are they doing? Um, So... Uh, for the last four years, uh, Robbie Berman has been rallying his fellow Israelis to bring Palestinian families to the beach.
0: Oh, so Palestinian, they don't see the beach?
1: Well, this is something I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm sort of puzzled by because Israel is a coastal nation; it's on the Mediterranean. The Mediterranean is one of the most famous um, oceans in the seas in the world. Yeah uh and um the you know it's beautiful water, it's warm, it's got magnificent beaches. it's like why wouldn't you have a beach culture much like Australia? Mm. but despite uh Palestinians only living an hour hour away from the seaside, many of them have never even seen the ocean
0: that is odd
1: because they're on the west bank mm-hmm. and to get to the ocean, you've got to go through Israel.
0: Oh, and that can be challenging. You okay. don't have the right
1: permits. You don't have the right. Uh, um, yeah,
0: that will deter a lot of people. Yeah, yeah,
1: and so yeah, it's it's, it's not far. You know, it's a tiny nation. It's just like an hour's drive. But you it's
0: know, way too much effort. Just to that's have like there, Western yeah. Sydney. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's like living in Western Sydney, and uh, never been to the ocean. Never seen, never seen the sea. Yeah, that's odd. I, I'll guarantee there is no one living in Western Sydney in who has West never the seen the world. ocean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, so the uh, um, uh, Berman recruits Israeli volunteers to cross the border, uh, pick up families in their villages, bring them back to the beach for a day of fun and frolic on the beach, you know, as we all do.
0: That is so sweet. So it, it, does that mean like they help them with like any sort of paperwork yeah, yeah. they have to do? Help
1: them with their permits um, and, uh, yeah, that help is, them with transport and take them to the beach.
0: That is so sweet. It's incredible how just the act of sharing nature and realizing that you don't own the nature, and then you just share it with other people, like they don't own the beach. You know, God made the beach; it's not theirs. And just sharing it with as many people as possible—that would be such a a—it would be such an act that would really bring about a real sense of community. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Okay, so rabbi, rabbi Jonathan Feldman, uh, one of the volunteers for the initiative, says that he believes it is his religious duty. Amen. To take people to the beach. Amen. Well, actually, to encourage peaceful connections between the two religious groups. But he does that by taking them to the, the beach. beach. I yep. think it's a religious duty to take yep. people to the beach who've never been there.
0: Yeah. can you? But can you imagine, like, these, the Israelis could have, could have well and truly, very easily slipped into that mindset of, ha, 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 we own the beach. You can't have it. But here they are going, no, 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 no. it's not just ours.
1: We've got Palestinians too. on the Gaza Strip and they have um, a big section of beach. But uh, the West Bank, they don't have the beach.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well. Yeah. Good on them. Praise the Lord for this kind of humanity.
1: He says, I think Jewish values are to reach out to other people and have peace with our neighbors, and that's what we're striving for. Amen. So there you go. There's some positively different news coming out of Israel. When uh, you hear me talking about Israel and Palestine, you don't generally expect to hear positively different news Mm -mm. uh, because there is so much tension over there between uh, these two people groups. We often see it as being religious tension between uh, Israelis and or Jews and Muslims, but you've got to remember that half of the Palestinians are Christians. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of people don't realize that. And oh. a lot of their uh, major leaders, you know, historically, uh, yes, you know, Arafat and these kind of people, they're Christians, mm-hmm. uh, which always puzzles me as to why America is so determinedly supportive of the Jews fighting against the Christians when America is a Christian country. But anyway worth thinking about. It is
0: strange,
2: isn't it? It is. Mm. It's an
1: interesting one. America is an interesting country. Um, I was just looking at, uh, you know, of course, they've had another uh, mass shooting in Texas, and it uh, looking at some statistics that were recently done to find out, you know, the kind of people that, um, and their attitudes towards gun control in America. It is a, uh, a very vexed issue in that country where you have the right to own a firearm um, as a tool to fight against the government.
0: Wow.
1: That's what the Constitution actually uh, says. But uh, people who support background checks before buying a firearm, um, not really any difference in mm-hmm. religiously. 90% uh, that the highest supporting background checks was 90% and that was Hindu. Evangelical was 85%. So no significant difference there. Owning assault rifle, for rifles, suddenly you see a big difference. Um, 81% of Hindus oppose it and 46% of the evangelicals oppose it. So that's a a big gap. But what's interesting to me is the uh the Hindus are the most anti-gun religion in America.
0: That is actually pretty interesting. Yeah,
1: I, I was I that did not I did not expect yeah, that.
0: Considering how bloodthirsty they are back in India.
1: Maybe maybe they should have included Sikhs. Mm. Those guys are like a warrior culture. Yeah, yeah. Um the concealed carry permit uh, making it easier to get a concealed carry permit. Uh, 54% support by evangelicals, 28% support by Hindus. And on this one, the Buddhists came through at 18% with um, a, a stronger view on that. So it's interesting to see the uh, the, the breakdown. Of course, um, they have the stats for all the different religions, but those are probably the most um, interesting ones right there. Anyway, um, yeah, wheat, maize, and rice. They're producing a drought resistant version of those three Ooh. crops which is going to be very important for the future of cereals in this country and around the world now we get to hear lauren daigle
4: letting go of every single dream i lay each one down at your feet every moment of my wandering never changes what you see. I've tried to win this war, I confess. My hands are
1: That was Lauren Daigle with Trust in You. I'll get it right this time.
0: Well done. Vaughn, bon, give us another
1: clue for our quiz.
0: What city am I? This is where Agabus the prophet told Paul that he would be bound by Jews in Jerusalem and handed over to the Gentiles. Give us a call if you know what city that is, 1-800-FAITH-FM. I think
1: the, I think the first clue was the easiest one we've had so far.
0: Are you reckon? Yeah, I think so. Would you, would you not have gotten off that clue?
1: No. Okay. No, clue number three, I wouldn't have guessed it.
0: Okay, maybe next time I'll start with clue number three then.
1: Yeah. Joining us on the show this morning uh, is Barund Neustraten, a semi-regular to the show. Barund, welcome to the show.
5: Thank you for having me, Lyle.
1: Now, Barund, we've been working our way through the first three chapters of Genesis. We may even touch on chapter four today. And we always enjoy so much uh, the insights that you share on these really Pivotal, foundational. I guess foundational would probably be the right word. Chapters of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we jump into it, I understand that you've been down in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> what was, ha- what, what, was what was what was what's happening down in Melbourne? You were um, preaching down there.
5: Yeah, I preached in a church called the Orchard Church, and uh, this was established by someone I knew many years ago when uh, Rod Anderson, uh, Rodney Anderson, when he was in. Uh, Uh, what shall I say, the the, uh, junior minister at uh, Warunga. And uh, it was uh, so nice to see him again. Uh, He had worked so hard on trying to establish a church there in the heart of Melbourne. And uh, it was nice to see a very good spiritual little group there of people, uh, high up in an office building, but uh, great atmosphere. And by the way, great food as well. We had a wonderful lunch.
1: (laughs) It's always good to have... uh... Good food, good Bible study, good prayer time. Yes. That's the secret to a a, a great church there. So uh, what was the name of that church again?
5: Called Orchard Church. Orchard Church. So big, big, yeah. big shout out
1: to the Orchard Church in Melbourne this morning. And, uh, yeah, I think it was 12th floor of the office block or something or other. Yeah, 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 good on yeah. yeah. Great view. Yeah. Burrand, we need to finish off uh, Genesis Chapter 3 um we spoke last week about the plan of redemption and that really critical verse where the bible says that the seed of the woman will bruise the serpent's head and the yeah. and the serpent will bruise uh the heel of uh of the woman's seed. We move yeah. on from there because the bible goes on to talk about the curse. Can can we discuss that this morning?
5: Yeah, the curse is here not applied to the woman or the man later on in chapter four there is a curse applied to the man that is Cain but the serpent is the first recipient of the curse and then later on of course we also get a curse on the ground but uh, that changed totally completely the the lifestyle uh, of course of the the, the first people it was such a horrendous change But also the change of their nature is something so remarkable, Uh, how sin can affect you, that really, basically, uh, what shall I say, that the results of sin are are, are sensed and more detested than the sin itself. And that's a remarkable aspect of Chapter 3.
1: Okay, so when we look at the... um, And this is what I want to particularly focus on for a moment, if we could... The change of nature or the nature yeah. of um, the nature of animals, the nature of people that that and, mm. and and then I've, I, what I want to also explore is how that actually brings about change you know just generally speaking in the natural environment I mean we have today when we look at nature, we have some pretty brutal things that we see. We also see creatures that have developed, you know, all kinds of defense mechanisms. Was this all brought about simply by the change of, of, you know, the sinful nature coming in?
5: Yeah, indeed. So what happened was basically man was the first regent. Man was to be in charge of the animals, dominion over the animals. Man changed, the dominion changed, and the animal changed and uh, almost as if god partially withdrew from his creation that was so perfect and uh, then then clearly uh, sin once it has its ways brings about uh, a detriment which is also so nicely expressed in the uh, in, in in genesis 3 verse 18 about the thorns and the thistles it shall bring forth for you and uh, you know that reminds you of the crown of thorns. Christ was 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 uh, made to wear. I mean, the thorns and thistles really are the synonymous with sin. And if you and if you picture Christ having uh, been made to wear the crown of thorns, and that really is the the sin of the world. So so typically. Uh, in an allegorical way, uh, represented in that crown of thorns. He, he really took that on him. And, uh, yeah, the uh, obviously it exasperated further when we come to chapter 4, when Cain is cursed, uh, which is a fascinating uh, sentence. It can also mean that Cain was more cursed than the ground even when he had committed his atrocity. Mm. But sin really changes the mind. The capacity to, uh, what shall I say, the capacity to repent is really a God-given attribute. It's not a man uh, produced. We can't even do that of ourselves. And you see that in the early chapters. And that, I think, is very significant.
1: In the first chapter of Genesis, we spent some time talking about the theory of evolution you know over long periods of time we looked at the historical um accuracy of chapter one when we look at nature today we do say we do see that if there was and and you know the bible teaches very very clearly we, we we um there's very very good evidence for it if there was a time when nature did live in harmony um, mm. Then some dramatic changes have taken place, you know, even in the animal yeah. kingdom, the plant kingdom, etc. How did those changes come about? If evolution is not a thing,
5: well, that's indeed true. Because <clears throat> the big problem uh, with theistic evolution is, of course, that God had a started it off, supervising role or intervened at various times. There are a variety of theories, but the thing is. Uh, an evolutionary process does rely on mutations, and theoretically, it might then upgrade to more information, which scientifically speaking has never ever occurred and is well recognized even by evolutionists. The problem is that you then have to avail yourself of the process of dying, decay, disease, and coming up with the new generation. And this is the interesting thing. If, if God created man in his image, uh, Lyle, we can't evolve in the image of God. We have to be created in the image of God. That's one. The other thing is that, really, uh, if God is going to restore one day everything that to what it was, well, if the process was death, decay, and dying, then really, what are we going to be restored to? And this is the dilemma. And sin after all is the cause of death. But that is denied in theistic evolution, which says that God availed himself to the process of decay, dying, and death.
1: Yeah, so basically basically faith. God
5: created pain. Yeah, correct. Um, and, and that and that
1: God's means of creation is actually death. Um and, and that's how he you know brought every all the different species and so forth into being. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and that's not a very pretty picture of God at no. all. Okay, so let's talk no. about let's let, let's talk about some of our you know we we have um, very famous large carnivorous creatures in our world today that um, live on a diet exclusively made up of protein.
5: Yeah,
1: uh, is it possible for these creatures to once have been vegetarian?
5: Well, that's an interesting uh, point you just raised. There, there was a zoo in uh, in Bangkok. And they had tigers. They were completely vegetarian, and doing very well at that.
1: Yeah, I remember Uh, reading a story once about a lioness uh, who was raised as vegetarian. Yeah,
5: lions. Yeah, it's been repeated with lions and others. It's possible.
1: Hmm. When I was, um, when when I was, uh, I can just share this testimony myself. At one stage, when I was young, um, we were vegetarian for quite a number of years, and uh, our dog, just the, the family pet, just. We, we yeah. just made four portions every day rather than than three for the uh, for the family, and our dog was also a vegetarian except for um, when he went hunting yes. by himself. Yes, and thrived. Yeah, seen had, a, that. had a bright, shiny coat and absolutely thrived as a vegetarian. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so no, it, yeah,
5: it, it it it's possible. It, it most people think it's unthinkable. No, no, that's very possible.
1: Mm. And even so. some of the large uh, carnivorous creatures, <coughs> you know, like say, for instance, the brown bear. <laughs> you know, at certain times of the year becomes, you know, 90% uh, or more vegetarian.
5: Correct, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay, so it's possible then that, um, you know, these animals, well, it's absolutely scientifically possible that these animals um, were once vegetarian. Will they be vegetarian once again in the future?
5: Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. No more pain, no more suffering, no more death. That that's that's the end of of that part of the the diet that prevails today. It will be a perfect world. No 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 pain. No more hurting. No more uh, suffering. The, we can. It's so hard to imagine a life, isn't it, without any suffering. And we always think of ourselves, but let's think of the planet itself, and not just uh, animated organic life, but I I, I think also. Or flora that that you know a beautiful, beautiful surroundings that we will uh, <clears throat> that we will be given uh, you can only imagine you mm. can only imagine mm. no decay
1: yeah yep and, and there's one of the things I love to uh, tell people sometimes when i 'm preaching to a large audience is i've <coughs> you know put a bit of a a sneaky smile on my face and say, Hey, okay, one, one of these days you're all going to be vegetarians like me. And they're like, No, 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 no. I'm like, Yeah, you actually will because in heaven there's going to be no yeah. death.
5: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no more, no more off the dead part of the diet that we uh, still embrace today. Yeah.
1: Okay. So for um, all of our listeners this morning, we can guarantee that one day um, you will all be vegetarian. With it. Absolutely, 100%. That's going to be a good thing. You will not be missing out on anything. You can go and eat from the tree of life and you will not be uh, missing out in any way, shape or form. Um, Adam and Eve, let's think about Adam and Eve for a moment. They have been living in a perfect environment, a perfect garden. There is no pain, there is no sin, there is no death. Sin arrives and suddenly death comes with it and yeah. they see death for the first time. Maybe they see... You know those those plants that they picked to, you know, try and yeah. cover their nakedness start to die. How do you think they felt when they saw that?
5: There must have been a sense of of uh, culpability, not necessarily straight repentance. The initial reaction was one self defence and passing the blame, as we know, and that was again uh, continued with Cain and Abel. But the interesting thing is. Every time, and in the book *Patriarchs and Prophets*, it was so well said. When, when they saw the falling leaves that they had never seen before, uh, the falling leaves that died, that had died. Yeah, that was mm. a tremendous realization. That's my doing. That was our doing. I am to blame.
1: And then it it seems to indicate that it wasn't a long period of time between that when they see the first leaf die yeah to when the first human being dies, what happens there?
5: yeah, that must have been an absolute terrible thing the the firstborn, uh, particularly if you consider the fact that uh, there is something very interesting when Cain was born uh, and she, she gave him a name of which means Uh it's very interesting that the sentence in the Hebrew uh, chapter four, verse one, it says, "Kaniti ish which means, better translated, uh, "I have received a man, the Lord." She believed that that was the Lord. She, her hope was vested in the firstborn, mm. that he might be the one spoken the of in, yes, in in, uh, in in Genesis three fifteen, that this was going to be the the one. And uh, the next birth, which of course was, uh, was Abel, Hebrew word for Abel, uh, the name is avail, which means uh, in vain. And she must have expressed her disappointment, recognizing that Cain, even as a child, indicated clearly that he was not the one. And she expressed her disappointment of that in the name of the second one.
1: Mm, mm, yeah, an incredible, uh, incredible insight into the way that they were thinking back then. If they knew that the yeah. Messiah was, you know, still four thousand years away, you sort of wonder yeah. how they might have felt. Of course,
5: Lyle, they never knew the time frames. That was not given to them. It mm. would have been very hard to bear. Mm. Very hard to bear.
1: Yeah. Baron, we're out of time, but thank you so much for joining us once again this morning to share with us insights from the uh, first chapters of Genesis. And uh, we pleasure. will talk again sometime.
5: Good on you. Okay, God bless you. All
1: right, that was uh, Baron Newstratton. We're going to move on with the show. This is Mark Miller, Take the World, But Give Me Jesus. You're listening to Faith FM. Take this
2: world. All its joy
6: Listening to Faith FM, positively
0: different radio. Listen.
6: Sydney Wolverton.
0: I came
4: to church a beggar and found I have a savior. So
6: Anna Beedon.
4: It is also
6: very soon. And Kemi Ogandi. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime event as three of our country's best Christian singer-songwriters come together in concert. October 12th, 6.30 at Maitland SDA Church. Call 41 348 now to book your seat. us from stumbling He is able When distances come between everything that we hold dear He is able To draw us into deeper life He is able To cut away like a knife Everything that keeps us from Him Everything that keeps us from Him When the dark descends On everything we have known He is able To save us to the uttermost He is able To fill us with His Holy Ghost May everything we do show Him May everything
1: you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on faith fm if you would like to listen to the live show and interact with mon and myself for the breakfast show then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the tune in radio app